My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here from Podcast Rebels with a very exciting guest, Steve Chu. You guys, he is, you know, a Wall Street Journal bestselling author. He's the host of My Wife Quit Her Job podcast and also the CEO of My Wife Quit Her Job and Bumblebee Linens. You guys, you know that I keep my part very brief. This way the guest has time to really elaborate on their journey. So we'll start there. Welcome to the show, Steve. How's it going? It go, it's going great, Brittany. Happy to be here. Good. That's amazing. I'm so happy to have you here. You know, this would be the best time to go ahead and really elaborate and fill in the gaps on part of your journey and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Uh, we actually started our journey in e-commerce, uh, selling handkerchiefs. And the backstory behind that was uh, when my wife became pregnant with our first child, she wanted to quit and stay at home with the kids. And I was fully on board with that because when I was younger, my parents were first-generation immigrants, and I didn't get to see them as much as I would have liked. Problem is, we live in California in the, in the Silicon Valley, super expensive. Pretty much need two incomes to get a good house and a good school district. So when she told me that she was going to quit, I actually started panicking at first. And uh, we started brainstorming different ways that we could replace her, her six-figure salary at the time. And we decided to open up a handkerchief store. Uh, which ended up making uh, replace her salary pretty much in profit in, in one year. Now, selling handkerchiefs seems a little random. The reason we came up with handkerchiefs was because when we first got married, uh, my wife knew she, she cries a lot. So she knew that she was actually going to cry at the altar. We looked all over the place for handkerchiefs, couldn't find any until we started uh, looking overseas and we found this factory in China. So we ended up having to buy like a couple hundred of these handkerchiefs used a handful of them. And then we just kind of listed the rest on eBay just to get rid of them. And they ended up selling like hotcakes. And so a lot of random events led to this handkerchief store, uh, which we've been running since 2007. And today it's a seven figure business. Oh, it's so cool. How something so random can like literally change your life. That's amazing, Steve. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about how you're, you're able to run two two seven-figure businesses with only like working really, what, 20 hours a week? That's incredible. Yeah. And just to be clear, Brittany, it didn't start out that way. That's the way it is now. Right. Tell yeah. us how, tell us, you know, let's talk a little bit about the challenges to getting to that seven-figure point because, you know, every next level comes with new challenges. What were those challenges for you and how did you overcome them? I, I would say, you know, once your business is off the ground, then the biggest challenge actually is not getting caught up in all of it and ending up spending all your time trying to grow the business or letting the business run you. Uh, so just, just to give you some examples, you know, our e-commerce store, we, we tell the story a lot and the fact that it's a seven-figure business. But early on, you know, to hit that seven figures was actually a major struggle. And I used to drive my wife crazy. We would set these artificial goals where, you know, hey, okay, we're going to grow 50% next year. And then we bust our butts trying to do that. And then we'd hit that goal. And then I just moved the goalposts. 
And it got to this point where we were, we, we kind of forgot why we started the business in the first place in that, you know, we were, we were making way more than we spend, but at the same time, we were spending all of our brain power on this business where we weren't even spending the money and we forgot that we started it so we could spend more time with family. So what ended up happening is my wife kind of broke down. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, at that point was actually when we decided to automate things. And we arrived at that 20 hours a week number kind of by accident because our kids these days, they have so many activities in the afternoon. And so really I don't have that we, we both don't have that much time to work on our businesses because, you know, our kids are number one. Uh, I don't know how much in depth you want me to go into this on, on like the philosophies and stuff. So just, so just guide me, Brittany. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I see like, it's, it's interesting to me and it really incredible how you're able to, you know, replace your wife's income and everything within a year by doing this business. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, so what, I guess my next question would be like, what was that? Did you guys have any limiting beliefs or fears before, you know, really diving into this business um, and going all in? Uh, so first of all, we never really went all in. Uh, we actually started the business while we were both working. Uh, I was working full-time as an engineering director and my wife was technically on her maternity leave. I want to say when we started this, so we didn't go all in, we're not all in type of people. Uh, you know, we just take small calculated risk. We started the business with only $630. And uh, there's a lot of fortuitous events that took place. So, for example, on the website side, I just happened to have a buddy who just launched a photography e-commerce store. And you got to remember, this is back in 2007. This was like before Shopify, before big commerce, before Amazon even. And so my buddy, he he launched his website. And I was like, wow, that's a great looking website. How did you do that? And how much did it cost? And he was like, oh, it was free. And so he showed me how to launch a website using open source software. And we're actually still on the same platform today. Uh, my brother-in-law was working at Google at the time uh, in the AdWords division. And he was like, hey, why don't you try running some, some ads and see how it works? And so he showed me how to launch my first ad campaigns. And that ended up you know, generating a ton of sales early on. And then uh, another friend of mine who had a blog was like, hey, you should create some content. And you know, there's this thing called Google search where you can start ranking and people will find you. And so we did basically those three things in the first year. And that's how we achieved six figures in, in one year. Wow. Thanks for elaborating. So how do you go about running an online business without it consuming your, your life? Like you're still able to be a present dad. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have a couple of philosophies. Uh, so I try to automate everything with machines if possible. I have an electrical engineering background and I know how to code. So if there's anything that I need done, like the first thing that I think of is, can I write something that will automate this? Now, for all your listeners who aren't technical, you can do this yourself. You can just look on Upwork, find someone to automate things for you. Because if you look, there's a lot like the, the first thing that most people do is they hire people. I'm actually kind of anti-hiring people because I used to be an engineering director. And just to be clear, everyone who was under me at work was fantastic. They were fantastic workers. But what I didn't enjoy about like managing was kind of like the mental aspects of it, like listening to people complain about other coworkers or making sure everyone got along. And to me, that's for me, I'd much have have a computer or a robot do everything. So that's philosophy number one. 
Uh, philosophy number two is to only spend time on activities that have long-term value. And I'll just give you a quick example here. Like I'm not really a big, I'm not really big on social media because I feel like in order to get traffic from social media, you have to post all the time. Mm-hmm. My friends who are great on social media, like on Instagram, she posts seven times a day. I have someone who does well on Facebook, posts 21 times a day. Wow. And when you stop posting, the traffic stops, right? Now you contrast that with uh, like search engine optimization. Like once you rank in search, you pretty much rank for a long time. I've had blog posts that I've written 10 years ago still generate traffic. Same goes for YouTube. So I basically focus my time on properties where I can work once and then reap the rewards in the long run. I love this. Yeah. You know, on social media, it takes a lot to, you know, drive that traffic if you're posting every day. And as soon as you stop, like you said, you lose, you lose that traffic. So um, you have to be so consistent, which can take a lot of time. Right. So Interesting. Now, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about your podcast. Now, what were the yeah. intentions behind it? And I see that, you know, it's it's one of the top shows on Apple in, in the marketing category. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So what's funny about our businesses, I discovered that my businesses grew when I started forming these mastermind groups. And a mastermind group, in case your audience doesn't know, it's just basically a cohort of other entrepreneurs who meet on a regular basis bounce ideas off one another. And so I was like, huh, okay, my businesses didn't start taking off until I started meeting other entrepreneurs. So I decided to start a podcast only for the reason of meeting other people. And just kind of like how you run your show, Brittany, people want to come on the show, right? Share their ideas. And so I started meeting a ton of people through the podcast. And that podcast wasn't intentionally meant to be like an income source. It eventually became one, but it's just a great way to meet people. Absolutely. The networking globally you're able to do with it is just, and the connections that you make, it's incredible. Yeah. So if anyone out there wants to meet a lot of entrepreneurs, I'd say starting a podcast is a great way to do it. I wouldn't say it's a great way to make money, but for networking, it's fantastic. Right. Right. Well, and you know, some podcasts are really good for, you know, generating leads um, with people. If people are listening for a long time and you know, binge watching it. And then I hear this all the time where people are like, you know what, I've been binge watching your episodes and I think I need to work with you. You know, there's that no like and trust factor if you're consistent. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, The only problem with it is it's hard to measure. So yes, I know it's happening because people tend to know me through my podcast first, then probably the YouTube channel, then probably the blog. Right, right. So Steve, any big plans and focuses for the next, you know, six to 12 months from now within the business or maybe within the podcast? It's funny that you ask. So I just launched a book this year and you mentioned earlier, it was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. The the book is called The Family First Entrepreneur. I literally spent the first half of the year launching that book. And I'm I'm so mentally drained from that that I'm literally probably not going to do anything for like the next six months or the rest. Of the <laughs> I get it. It's a lot of work. But if you want to extrapolate beyond that, um, we just bought a digital fabric printer, uh, you know, at for the e-commerce store, and so we're going to launch a new line of you know custom printed handkerchiefs and linens. And uh, on the other side of the business, I'm probably just going to chill. Uh, it's the summer right now. And this is our prime time, you know, for us to hang out with the kids because they're on summer break. 
I love it. And you're able, you have the luxury to do that, right? So this is incredible. You get to be a present dad, you get to do what you want in the summer and you really relax and then take it all in. Yeah. And the other thing I just want to kind of expand upon that question. Uh, the problem with entrepreneurship is you always feel like you want more. And I think the hardest part for me was figuring out what was enough and how I exactly want to spend my time because, you know, I have, I have an ego, like I, I want to be, you know, becoming number one on, on something else or some other business. But, you know, on the flip side, I got my kids. I realized I only have like maybe four or five years left before they go off to college. So right. struggle. Yeah, for sure. You want to enjoy this time. So Steve, as a successful entrepreneur, any common traits you see in other hyper successful entrepreneurs, whether that's like their daily routine, their morning routine, anything like that, that, um, really, really advance them in their success? I would say, you know, I, I've interviewed over 470 people. I would say the number one trait really is just consistency. Yeah. Right. Um, they show up every day and uh, when something goes wrong, they kind of learn from it and then just change and fix it. And most of the people that I interview, honestly, they're not overnight successes. I mean, they've been in business for years and it's just a gradual progression. Now, granted, you know, there's, there's certain people that I've interviewed that have shot up, but if you look at their past history, you know, it, it took them many years to, to, of mistakes before they found the magical formula that caused them to shoot up. Sometimes it's just luck, but consistency needs to be there in order to embrace that luck. Right. It's huge. Consistent. Gotta be consistent. Yeah. Steve, this has been absolutely amazing. And I know my episodes are, are, are pretty short, but I want to give you the next two minutes here to go ahead and talk about, you know, anything, any bits and pieces that we didn't have a chance to speak on in regards to your business or what you have to offer to any of my listeners and also the best way to go ahead and connect with you if anyone's looking to reach out. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I guess it just depends on what your audience is interested in. Um, if you guys are listening and you're interested in selling products online, like e-commerce, I offer a free six-day mini course, which is pretty good. I've gotten rave reviews on it. You can sign up for that over at mywifequitterjob.com slash free. Um, listen, check out the podcast over at My Wife Quit Her Job if you enjoy interviews just like yours, Brittany. And uh, let's see if, uh, uh, check out my book over at The Family First Entrepreneur. Uh, the, okay, so let me just, say a few words on why I wrote the book. I felt like all the entrepreneurship advice out there didn't apply to me because I have a family. And Brittany, you, if you notice, like most of the advice out there from entrepreneurs is from these single dudes who have no, no responsibilities. And you know, when, when you have no responsibilities, you can work like 80 hours a week and whatnot. But for those of you listening with families, you know, there, there's a better way to do it. And you definitely don't have to work 80 hours a week to, to make life-changing money. And so I talk about those principles over at thefamilyfirstentrepreneur.com. I'm actually giving out $690 in bonuses if you just buy the book. It's a, it's a, 30, it's a $25 book. Uh, you'll get a three-day workshop on how to get started with print on demand, a two-day workshop on how to make passive income with content, whether that be through blogging, podcasting, or YouTube. And, and the book in itself has gotten rave reviews as well. And lastly, if you guys are getting married and you need some handkerchiefs, I can hook you up over at bumblebeelindens.com. Love it. Thank you so much, Steve, for coming on today and adding so much value and talking about your journey and, and, you know, being open about how it wasn't always easy either. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Brittany. Appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Steve Chu did today, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Bye, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.